You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. James chapter 4. Very familiar passage of scripture, but I want to share it with you this morning. Verse 7 through 10. Listen to what the word of God says. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's what I've been asking you to do all this morning with this praise team been asking you to be able to do come close to the lord why because as you come close to the lord the lord says "Woo, they're coming to me i will come close to you listen to what he states here cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double-minded lament and mourn and weep let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom now listen to what he says in verse 10 Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. This morning, I want to preach for just a few moments. Submit, resist, and leave the rest up to the Lord. Submit, resist, and He'll take care of the rest. This morning, let me just share something with you for these next few moments. This is a powerful biblical truth that when you understand it, you may at first go, oh, that's, that's simple. But whenever you really understand it, you become and you realize, woo, this is a, a liberating principle. Realize this. There are some things that only you can do. And there are other things that only God can do. Let me say that again. There are things that only you can do, and there are things that only God can do. Now this morning, when we begin to understand that, it begins to do something in our life. When we begin to figure the difference between these two, it can allow you to live and function in your call in freedom. When you understand the power of that, of that passage of Scripture, it allows me to function and live in freedom. The weight of responsibility to do everything will not overwhelm you at times. Nor will the burden of every action fall at your feet as well. Let me say that again. When you understand there are some things that only you can do. And there are other things that only God can do. When you understand these principles. And you begin to apply it. It begins to give you freedom to function. Because you realize there are some responsibilities I can't carry. Because it's not my job. There are certain burdens that I don't need to carry because it's not my place. Yeah. 
Oh, Jesus. There is so many people that live in a state of anxiety, depression, hurt, hardship, all this other stuff because of this. They haven't figured out these roles yet. You haven't figured out there's some things that only you can do and there's some things that only God can do. Brother and sister, you can do all that you want to and you can be as active as you want to be. But understand this, brother and sister. Just because you're active doesn't mean that you're successful or you're effective. Let me say it again. Just because you're active doesn't mean that you're effective. Just because you're active doesn't mean that you are successful. Just because you are active doesn't mean that you are actually doing what God has called you to do. Why? Because you've got to understand this. There's some things that you can do and there's some things that God can do. And I can't do what God can do, but God can't do what I can do. How do we function as a body of Christ? Well, whenever we come under the Lordship of the Lord, begin what begins to happen? I do what God has called me to do, and you do what God has called you to do, and we let God begin to take care of the rest. Realize this, all of a sudden, functionality comes back to the church, effectiveness comes back to the church, church, and successfulness comes back to the church. Why? Because I've come into a place that I know my role, you know your role, and we are working together and God is the Lord of everything and He's doing what only He can do. Oh, oh, Jesus. Realize this this morning. That serving God is a partnership. Say that again. Serving God is a partnership. It's a, a partnership of the Lord and a servant. Partnership of a leader and a follower. A partnership of the one that empowers and the one that is powered. One of the supernatural and one of the natural. One of the infinite and one of the finite. This morning when we understand our place in this partnership, it allows us to function better. It allows us to live freer. And it allows us to find rest in every situation. Let me say this, brother and sister. You can't heal nobody in yourself, but you can pray. Come on, somebody. I can't save nobody, but I can live it in front of them. I can tell them about it. I can't make anybody do anything but I can be able to come into a place where I can be able to live in a way that God has called me to live. Understand something? That gives so much freedom when I realize, brother and sister, I'm not responsible for everything. I'm responsible for what is in my hands. Oh, Jesus. God is the one that saves. God is the one that heals. God is the one that delivers. God is the one. Brother and sister, understand this. Whenever I get into a position where I begin to understand these things, 
I'm able to walk in my function that the Lord leads, so I follow. That the Lord is the Lord, and I am His servant. So whenever He says move, I move. Whenever He says come here, I come here. Why? Because I am in that partnership with the Lord that allows me to be able to come under His banner, His authority, and in that banner and in that authority, I find freedom and I find power. My power comes through His his authority. So therefore, when I pray, believing in the Lord, it is not my prayer, that is, or it's not my ability that allows you to be healed, or you to be touched, or for you to get that job, or whatever else your, your need is. But brother and sister, understand something. It is me praying to the Lord, and then it becomes the Lord that then begins to work in the behalf. Jesus. For too long, we've been trying to... (laughs) You want to know why you can't find peace? Because you've been busy meddling in everybody else's business except the thing that God has called you to be able to do. (sighs) For some odd reason, man. And you know what? Social media has made it even worse. Because we got everybody's nose as all up in everybody's business. You can be able to get, I'm telling you, I can be able to get on this little phone right here and I can be able to come up here and I can go, uh, let me see who's, what so-and-so is doing. And man, I can be able to just, and I can find out all kinds of stuff on your Facebook and Instagram stuff. People post stuff on their Facebook and Instagram stuff, stuff they would never tell me face to face, but they'll tell the entire ethernet. And yet we will get our nose all up in their business about stuff. And so what do we do? Well, we need to be able to change that. So what am I going to do? I'm going to be able to go in here and I'm going to do this 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 and I'm going to do this. And the Lord just says, were you the one that died on the cross? Were you the one that shed your blood for them? Were you the one? Oh, gee, I'm preaching now and somebody don't like Understand something. It don't matter. Let me just share this with you. Mama, it doesn't matter what you do. You can't save your child. Lord, I may have to hide for just a moment before I say this. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. No matter how much you love your cousin, your auntie, your next door neighbor, the person that you live beside in your neighborhood, realize this. You can't save anybody in yourself. You need to know your role, get in your lane and stay in your lane and realize this. It is only God that lives. It's only God that saves. It's only God. But what I can be able to do is this. Live as I follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. And according to Matthew chapter 5, if I be that city that is sitting on a hill, if I'm that light that you would be able to put on a candlestick and not put underneath a bushel, if I let Jesus shine, guess what? Jesus is going to show forth and through the light, then Jesus can talk to them and they can be saved. I can't do it in myself. Can't do it in myself. I cannot do it in myself. Some of my, my Lord, so, my, so many of us, we carry so many burdens we don't have to carry. And we live in such responsibility that the Lord has never told us to be able to live in that. So you know what we do? We settle. 
for stuff that we don't have to settle in. We live in a way that we don't have to live because the Lord didn't want us to come to a place where you are bowled over with depression, bowled over in anxiety. All your emotional state is tossed and turned by what everybody else does. Whenever the Lord just says this, anchor yourself in me and know that I am the one that rules over all things. That I am the one that rules over everything. And as I rule over everything, I know what it is to take care of the things that you have committed unto me against that day. This morning, when we find our place in this partnership, it allows us to be able to live in so much of a freer way. We are not God. So why in the world should I try to act like I am? To do what only God can be able to do. Why, not should I, why shouldn't I just take the commandment of the Lord and just rest in His presence? Just live according to His Word. Put my trust in the Lord. And allow Him to be able to rule in those areas of my life. I can't do what God does. I can't make God heal anybody. I can't make God deliver this one or that one. Why? Because brother and sister, understand something. There is a part that I play, and there's a part that God plays. Let me just share something with you. What part do I play? I'll tell you that in just a moment. But let me just share something with this. The same goes on the battlefield. There are some things that I can do. And there's some things that God can only do. When I know my role. It allows me to be able to fight the good fight. To survive and to be able to thrive. It allows me to be able to come into a position that allows me to be able to not just struggle, but to be able to be victorious in every area of my life. But it comes down to this. Me doing what I can do so God can do what only He can do. What are you talking about? Look at James chapter 4. Once you look at verse 1, we're going to read down through verse 7. I want to share with you what your role is. I want to share with you for just a few moments through Scripture what your role is. Look at what your role is. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Listen to what the Word of God says. Where do wars and fights come from that are among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Ooh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Woo! you know what he just said? The devil isn't your biggest problem. What are you saying, Pastor? He says, you want to know where all the fight is coming from? And you're, the enemy is a problem, but sometimes your biggest problem is you.
I know. I, I, I know. I know, Pastor. I know I've got to get up. Oh, Lord, I, I'm setting my alarm early. Because I know I need to get up. Because I know I've got to be in the presence of the Lord. Because if I don't get in the presence of the Lord, I'm going to cuss people at work. And so I need to make sure, Lord, that I get in your presence. I need to make sure. And all of a sudden, whenever the alarm goes off, pop, 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 pop. Oh, I'm late. The only Lord that you get to pray to is, oh, well, I ain't going to say that in Jesus' name. But realize this, brother and sister. You come into a position where that sometimes your biggest problem is yourself. Your desires. Let me tell you something. It's not just talking all about just, just sin. Talking about just our own independent choices that can lead to sin. That can lead to us not fulfilling our greatest potential. Listen to what he says in verse 2. You lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet, but you cannot obtain. Ooh, Lord have mercy. You fight and you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Jesus. Listen to this. You ask and you do not receive. Because why? You ask amiss. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. Whenever you know, whenever your flesh and your own desires are causing you problems, is whenever you get out of the will of God when you start praying. Listen, he says, you're asking amiss. Well, why am I asking amiss? Because I haven't tuned my own spirit up with Almighty God. I'm letting other stuff get in the way. And as, I get, as it gets in the way, it's causing me to focus on things that I shouldn't be focusing on. And as I focus on things that I shouldn't be focusing on, I start praying on stuff I probably shouldn't be praying about. Why? Because, okay, it may be important, but it's not the important thing. Understand this, the Lord Himself even tells us, even in Matthew chapter 6, when He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you. Understand this, He understands that there's stuff that you need. He understands, but understands that when you get to a point that you start asking God for that brand new uh, uh, Audi, or your brand new, you know, Whatever car you want to put in, and you're not praying about seeking after the Lord first, realize this something's going on. Understand something? He knows what you need. And you can't pray about that stuff. But what does he say? You need to come in a position that it's all about me before we get into all the other stuff. Why? Because once you get into the other stuff, it's no longer about me. Oh, Jesus. I know I lost some of you right there. Some of y'all just went check out, go, do, 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 do. I got to go from that. Because understand something. Brother and sister, it's okay to be able to pray and ask God for, you know, I need this car, Lord. I need this house. I need this. I need this. I need this. It's okay to be able to do that. But understand something. Whenever you start allowing the desire of what you want begin to over and supersede your desire to go after the Lord, it allows me to start talking to the Lord about stuff that the Lord is standing over here going, Hello? And we're going in the opposite direction. And the Lord is saying, Come back over here 
Because I want to be able to bless you and I want to pour into you and I want to love on you and I want to pour my blessing out on you but I can't pour it out on you unless you come under subjection to me. Lord have mercy. Listen to this, verse 3. You ask, but you do not receive because you ask amiss. Let me just say this. There's also, well, understand this. As you start praying, just because you don't get it immediately does not mean that you're asking amiss. Understand also, brother and sister, that there comes times and seasons where the Lord says, have you ever thought about this? The guy, the, the guy that was sick with palsy, that, had, that laid next to the gate beautiful, that was just waiting for James and John to, and Peter to show up, in Acts chapter 3, he'd been laying there for years. Jesus had passed by him for three and a half years. Every time he was in Jerusalem, went to the temple. He passed by him time and time again. Why didn't Jesus just go over and say, come on up? Why? Because brother and sister, sometimes there's times and seasons. He's saying this, he's not ready. Why? Because Peter, James, and John are going to show up in Acts chapter 3 and that's going to be the time, that's going to be the situation that the most is going to give God the glory at that point. So guess what? That's when it's going to happen. But just because God has an answer doesn't mean that, it's, that, that you've missed it somewhere. It just means that God, He sees time differently. Let me just now let me come to this. That you may spend it on your on your pleasure. Now, once again, catch that. You pray amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Verse 4: Adulterers, adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? In other words, there's a separation with God. You become an enemy of God. When you begin to come to a place that you value your friendship with God or with the world. More than God, you become an enemy of God and God can't bless that. You become your worst enemy. Not because I am a Christian. No, don't matter what you say. It matters the way that you live. Oh, gee. Let's, let, me, let me catch this. Do you know, not know that friendship with the world is in me with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy? What, is, what does that mean? It means this, that the Lord, the Spirit of God within you, He craves that you spend time with Him. He is jealous over you when you give your attention to everything else except for Him. It grieves Him whenever you would rather spend time with Sister Sheets and Brother Pillow instead of coming into the presence of the Lord. It grieves Him whenever you would rather sit down and watch NCIS, 14 different versions of it, or, or, or The Bachelorette, or... The Bachelor or whatever else that you want to watch instead of being in the presence of the Lord. The Lord just wants your time. And He's jealous over you. Ooh, Lord have mercy. I know I, I some of y'all look like that. But if you are hitting below the belt this morning. Some of y'all look like those boxers back that were facing Mike Tyson. 
There's a loud mouth. I think his name was Peter McNeely or whatever. When Tyson got out of prison and it was his first fight back. And he was just jabbering and jabbering and jabbering until he walked in the ring and he was like, Mama! And he was just, oh, he just got, uh, just took one hit and he was lying with, uh, understand something. This morning, I just, I want to share with you what the Word of God talks about. And understand, now listen to this, listen to this. So he, he's jealous over you. The Lord loves you that he wants, that he's jealous over you. But listen to what he says in verse 6. But he, the Lord, gives more grace. Let me stop something. If you are a child of God and you're going through something and you're having problems kind of dealing with your own flesh, this whole fight of trying to be able to be what God wants you to be, but your flesh keeps on getting in the way, and all this whole situation where that you're having issues, where there are certain aspects of your life that it seem like that it's more friendly to the world, but yet the Lord is saying, hey, hey, I want to spend time with you, and you're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to try to, and it's like you just kind of get this fight back and forth, that you're trying to be what God wants you to be, but it seems like your flesh keeps on getting in the way, and you're having all kinds of problems, and all kinds of situations, and you're like, ah! Listen to what he states here. For those of you that are having problems in trying to be what God has called you to be, he states this in verse 6. But he gives more grace. He gives more grace. Where they don't matter your issue. No matter the problem that you're trying to overcome, the Lord says this, I can give you more grace so that you can be more than an overcomer. So that you can be what God has called you to be. So that you can be a man of God. So that you can be a woman of God. So that you can. So brother and sister, understand this. Why in the world should I try to take on the responsibility of making myself change? And making myself be what God wants me to be? And just fight myself when the Lord says this. I can give you more grace for everything you need if you will just come to me. Lord, I know what it is to have a lifestyle of trying to be able to be something that you're not. But I also know the liberty that God is able to give you when He says, Tim, you haven't made it yet, but that's okay. Why? Because I'm working on you. <sighs> all of a sudden, it comes to a position where all of a sudden, I can be what God wants me to be. And I'm still having some issues. I'm still having problems. You mean I can be in the process? I don't have to be perfect for God to use me? That God can use me and He can still work in me to make me what He wants me to be? Yes, 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 yes. Why? Because He gives more grace this morning. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. What does he mean? The guy and the person that realizes, I can't do this alone. I need him. The guy that knows his role that says, Lord, that's something I can't do. But I can come to you. The Lord says, yes, 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 yes. 
That's the person that I can be able to bless. Therefore, listen to what he says in verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Desires going on in your life. Stuff that's kind of going out of control. The Lord says this. If you're in the middle of a fight and you're trying to be able to become what God wants you to be, but you're in the middle of the fight to be able to become it, it says this, I give more grace to you. So now the only thing that you have to do, submit to God. Submit to God. I know what it is to be able to try to make myself do certain things. But I know what it is to also come to a position that say, God, this is beyond me. I need your help. For every issue, there is more grace. So therefore, submit to God. In this passage of Scripture, he mentions the church. He mentions all kinds of problems here. But he always comes back. And by the time he gets finished with this, he deals with the root of the problem. Whenever he says this, that the issue that you have in your own body and where you're going through, understand this, you have a relationship with God that can be able to help you deal with anything that you are going through. If you will just do what? Submit to God. Brother and sister, when the enemy comes against you, there's one thing I can do. First of all, submit to God. What does the word submit mean? It means defined as to give over, to yield to the power and authority of another. My sister, whenever I come into a position where that I am in a position where that I come to the Lord, I am not over Him. I have to come under Him. I have to submit to Him. Realize this throughout Scripture. Understand this. This problem is not something that just manifests itself just in 2018. In the very near, you know, in the very close proximity of history. It is something that's been going on for thousands of years. You talk, you look at in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. What did the Lord say? You have a choice. Do not eat of the fruit. They ate of the fruit. We have we look at the situation when Moses brings down the Ten Commandments and he found Israel in the midst of idolatry. He rallied the Levites by saying what? He told them, he says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. When Joshua declared before, before the children of Israel, before he entered the promised land, he told them to do what? To serve the Lord, because as if for his house, he will serve the Lord. When King Saul chose to cave in to peer pressure, and he chose to be able to follow the leanings of the people instead of the commandment of God, brother and sister, understand something. He did not submit to God. When Ahab chose to follow after Baal and his wife instead of humble himself before the Lord, 
whenever Mount, uh, Mount Carmel, Elijah the prophet called down fire, brother and sister, he did not submit himself to God. Whenever Israel is being overthrown and they are about to be taken into captivity and the temple is about to be destroyed, Jeremiah and Isaiah the prophets are crying out, Brother and sister, Jesus, He forgives. God forgives. Follow the Lord and you can be or delivered. Guess what they did? They did not submit to the Lord. Realize this, submitting to God is something that only you can do and only you can do for yourself. You cannot submit to God for anybody else. It has got to be your thing. Brother and sister, I'm here to tell you something. I know people that have great abilities, great potential, great talents that they just will not submit to God for nothing. They come to church. They're in the middle of all kinds of stuff. They're the, woo, glory to God. But when it comes down to them being able to be used in ministry, because they are so, and so defiant in what they want, God can't use them. Why? Because the very first thing that you have to understand is this. We must submit to God. Brother and sister, realize this. Understand this. You see it through Scripture. All over the place. Will you choose to submit to God? Because if you will choose to submit to God, the next thing that happens is this. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Okay, now check this for just a moment. Don't check out on me. I know it's, it's about that time. But I'm about to finish all this up right here. Understand this. Why in the world does the Word of God say for us to submit to God and then resist the devil and he will flee? Why? Now, first of all, let's resist literally uh, is defined as to oppose the enemy. Now, understand something. Resist the enemy, the devil, and he will flee. Well, how, how does that work in my life? How can I? Because brother and sister understand something. I can't resist for you. I can't resist for you. I can't resist for you. I can't even resist for my own daughters. I can't resist for anybody except for me. Now catch this. Look down in verse 8. Okay, James chapter 4. Look at verse 8. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Ooh. Realize verse 7, he just says this. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And the next verse, he says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now do you think it's, it's just coincidence that he put these two verses together? No. Why? Because my sister understand, how do I resist? How do I resist the enemy? Is it like on Door the Explorer? Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. It's the map. It's the map. It's the map. It's... Swiper, no swiping. For those of you that don't have little small children, just be glad. Just be blessed. Uh, but you know what? Understand something. We are in that position. 
how do you resist the enemy? If it's something that only I can do, nobody else can do it for me, how do I resist the enemy? Okay, submitting to God is saying, Lord Jesus, you be the Lord. I'm going to come under your authority. Every day I come under your authority. I'm going to do what only I can do. And that is I'm going to submit to the Lord. How does I resist? Verse 8 begins to tell us how do I resist. How? I draw close to the Lord. When the enemy's trying to pull me away, when my own desires are trying to pull me away, I say, I'm going to come and I'm going to just grab a hold of the Lord. I'm going to hold him there and I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to resist the enemy. If the enemy tries to be able to come, I'm going to go running to Jesus. But how many know that the enemy would lie to so many people and he would say this, oh, oh, you don't need to run to the Lord. He is so mad at you. He's so mad at you. You can't be able to do this. No, no, no. He's so mad. He's so mad. He's so mad. You're having problems. You're not supposed to have problems. You're having issues. You're not supposed to be having issues. The devil, he's chasing you around. You're not supposed to be being chased around by the devil. So when the enemy says that, you're like, you know what? You're right. I'll just go over here and I'll just let you just keep beating on me and beating on me and beating on me until I'm nothing but a, just a bloody pulp in the floor. And so we just begin to isolate ourselves. I can tell you how many people that I've, I've, I've ministered to and I've gone into them and says, why didn't you reach out? Why didn't you? It's always the same thing. Well, I just, I just felt like, no, do not allow the enemy to isolate you. Because you know what he's wanting to do? He wants you to be able to be pulled away from the herd, pulled away from the body of Christ, so that there's nobody there to be able to protect and to be able to lift you up. But I say this, whenever there's a problem arise, don't hide from the presence of the Lord. Run to the presence of the Lord this morning. And listen to what he states. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. But Tim, I messed up. But Tim, I had a problem. I got mad. When I got mad, I said some wordy dirds. God don't love me no more. He loves you. Run to the Lord. When you get in the presence of the Lord, you say, God, I'm sorry, I messed up. I, you know I've been having problems. You know I've been problems with my anger. You know I've been problems in my, in my ability to get myself up and discipline myself. You know I have all these problems. God, forgive me, I messed up. Guess what he says? Come on to me, my child. Come on to me, my child. Come on to me. Whenever you get in a position, then all of a sudden, listen to what he says in verse 8. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. If your loyalty is being tested, where that you're being tempted, and you're like going, oh, do I, do I not? Do I not? Do I not? Do I not? Every morning when the alarm goes off and I read over, I'm going, oh. And my loyalty is being tested. What do I love more? My, that, my sleep, this pillow, or my time with the Lord? Woo, Jesus, come on somebody. I know y'all ready for me to shut up and go somewhere else quick. 
But I understand, brother and sister, realize this. Whenever my loyalty is being tested to be what God wants me to be, but yet to be just, oh, let me take it easy. And my loyalty is tested. He says this, just come to me, you double-minded. If you've lost your focus for a moment, just come to me. Come to me. Purify your heart. Come on to me. What does he say there in verse, here in verse 9? Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy into gloom. Humble yourself in the eyes of the, in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Woo, Lord have mercy. See, Pastor, what is he talking about? Lamenting and mourning and all this stuff. In other words, this, you just do what you got to do. If you got to pray until you cry, you pray until you cry. You got to get on the floor and say, God, forgive me. Get in the floor until God forgives you. If you, whatever it is, just come to the Lord. And if you'll come to the Lord, He will humble. And you humble yourself. He says this. I will lift down and I will lift you up. Where's he going to lift me? Corinthians says he will lift you up into heavenly places with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, brother and sister, we've gotten this idea that you can't be, you know what, I, 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 can't, I have to be perfect. I have to be this, I have to be that. I, God can't use me because of this and that. And, and, and brother and sister, can I just share this with you? Every televangelist that you see on TV, if they are men of God or women of God, the first part of their title is woman or man. That means they got issues too. And they are dealing with the same thing in James chapter 4 as before. That is this. Me having to deal with who I am, but learning to submit myself to the Lord. Because it is the only thing that I can do. And resisting the attack of the enemy or my own desires and running to the very presence of the Lord. Why? Because I can't do anything else if the Lord doesn't empower me. If the Lord doesn't touch me. If the Lord doesn't lift me up. So I don't try to do it myself. I let the Lord humble me. I humble myself. And I let the Lord lift me up to be what He's called me to be. My sister, this morning, no matter where you're at, no matter your circumstance, no matter your situation, submit to the Lord. Go running to the Lord.